The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. We're going to talk EVs mm. this morning. Yeah, I mean, the revolution continues. We had uh, data from the CSO on Monday, which showed that electric car sales so far this year are up 52% in Ireland. Now, if you think about that, that means there's 20,000 new EVs have been sold in Ireland so far this year. Wow, so that's they're coming significant in waves. Number. They're coming in waves. I mean, they're now accounting for about... of all new car sales. It was only 14% last year. And uh, it looks to me like what the economists would call the hockey stick adoption curve. It began slowly, but it really is beginning to rocket now. Now, does that include PHEVs and hybrids? Well, PHEVs and hybrids are there in the sales figures as well, but this is pure electric. Pure electric. Pure electric that's going that way. Now, what's the reason? Well, um, it, it's the uh, it's the improvement in EV technology. I mean, to begin with, EVs were a brilliant idea, but loads of limitations. Um, the range limitation being the most obvious. Um, and then, you know, like him or hate him, uh, I think Elon Musk is the one who put his finger on the scales and changed it. He poured enormous investment into Tesla, and uh, that, of course, I mean, you know, be- began a great story. And the Teslas were superb cars. But what he also did that was more significant is really not so much his own investment in Tesla. It's the fact that he pivoted the entire research and development budgets of the existing car makers towards EVs. The Volkswagen Group uh, Pat, they dumped diesel back in 2015. Now you'll remember there was an absolute shocker. Oh, yeah. caught. It was one of the disastrous pieces of corporate malfeasance. I mean, encourage people to Google it and have a look. <laughs> but nevertheless, Volkswagen pivoted away from diesel in 2015 and they started investing in EVs. Now they announced in March of this year their intention to spend 183 billion US dollars billion US dollars in uh, broadly speaking in EV technology and that's on things like software and design and battery factories and they're anticipating that within the next two years 20% of all of their car sales will be EVs and that's just Volkswagen in the meantime then you've BYD in China uh, they're, they're, uh, which they're, stands for build your dreams well, I, yeah, I wonder it does. whose dream it is but um, it have it written across the back of the car yeah well look they're, they're paying for it and, and it looks like they're going to sell next year they're anticipating that they will sell 3 million units of electric cars. Um, and then in parallel, you have uh, Toyota, who uh, have developed a solid state battery, which they hope to commercialize in the next couple of years. But in theory, the capability of this thing will give you 1,200 kilometers of range on a 10 minute charge. Now, now I remember reporting on uh, a development in, uh, I think it was Singapore, on a silicon dioxide battery that promised that very thing. And they mm. were doing it on the bench. Yeah. Could they upscale it? Could they uh, make it viable at a price? Mm-hmm. So it looks like Toyota are, are chasing both of those uh, objectives. Yeah. And and what's uh, enabling them to achieve it is the sheer scale of the resource and development capital that's going into it. And as I say, Elon Musk can maybe claim credit for having pivoted. And they're all moving away from diesel. As I say, Toyota or uh, Volkswagen have given it up entirely. So you can see, I mean, on one level, this is the environmentalist's dream. Uh, the, The entire global fleet will, in the foreseeable time frame, pivot away. Now, 
No, the problems. Lots and lots the of problems. problems. Lots um, and lots you're of You're going to problems. charge at home if you can. And one of our listeners yeah. says, will it be possible to charge your EV free from energy created by your own solar panels? People are already They're doing They're already that. doing it, yeah, yeah, already doing it. And then if you've got excess uh, power, if you don't have a battery and they are expensive... Mm. Uh, you can pump the excess power back into the grid and get paid a small amount yeah. and 400 euro of that per year is tax-free. And it's shaping up to be a great future in one sense. We had a day a month or so ago where Ireland exceeded its energy needs with with renewable um, electricity. So you can foresee a future where we have a clean grid producing uh, sustainable electricity going into zero emission vehicles. And that is a fantastic future. Look, in the context of the climate argument, if all of the other sectors of the economy uh, were making that degree of progress, um, then it really would be a revolution. Mm. And I guess people who hate cars anyway probably have to figure out other reasons to hate them because they, the emissions problem will be solved. Yeah. Well, they'll uh, talk about some of the mining of the minerals and, and uh, you know, how people are being exploited in that uh, process. Yeah, and those things are true. And you, you physically have to make an electric car. The existing diesel car is there. Uh, you don't have to manufacture it again. When you make a new car, you have to physically make it. So all of those uh, conversations mm. play in. But when we're talking about, for example, um, emission standards in towns or, or designing or building new roads, Roads, you know, bear in mind we will be designing these infrastructures for zero emission now, vehicles. There are a, a number of things that occur to me. One is uh, the grid and mm-hmm. the local grid in your neighbourhood. If you've got a, a block of apartments and they will start to install charging bays in those apartments, um, you know, can the local grid supply the power when you've got maybe 50 to 100 cars in a block all charging overnight. Yeah, and the answer to that question is currently an emphatic no. So there's a a spectacular infrastructure deficit that will have to be made up, not just by Ireland, but I mean, really right around the world. Um, And and that is one of the sort of major requirements for investment. Now, in part, technology is helping with that because, uh, you know, it's becoming possible to trickle charge cars more effectively and do all sorts of other things. Um, But nevertheless, if we're going to use our electricity grid for our transport and to do that instead of burning fossil fuels, well, then we're going to have to have the the capacity Mm -hmm. in that grid and we're miles short of it for all sorts of reasons, for, you know, data centres, for everything that we want to do in a 21st century world, which we hope is not going to run on diesel. Mm. Now, the other aspect of this is uh, as the electric market uh, gains uh, in numbers, it means that the amount of fuel bought at the pumps declines. Yeah. So, revenue replacement. Revenue replacement's a serious challenge for government. Um, I mean, there was a time when the Pural motorist was contributing over 10% of all government revenue. That was back in my AA days when we were lobbying about it. Uh, and a thundering great amount of that came through road fuel. Um, and then there was also excise duty and the various other ways in which the Pural motoring punter uh, was and is shafted. From government's point of view, look, they're going to get the tax money off us, aren't they? So how are they going to do that? Um, you know, they'll probably have to replace things like the RTE licence fee and the excise duty on diesel with other vectors for taxation. Mm. It seems to me as you design it in the future, you could probably tax movement. So if all cars are tracked and traced, you can so do... So if you're your, using a road, you pay for it. Yeah, and then, you know, the economists love that one too because you can tweak it and vary it. You can, you know, want to come into Dublin city centre. Um, Cork, for example, had one... It, 
good morning everybody in Cork they're having one of their worst traffic mornings in many a long year down there this morning because of rotten weather and a few other things that have happened um, so if, you, if you're going to do that clearly you do need to plan for it mm. uh, The other aspect is uh, those in the car selling business mm. be they distributors or uh, the people who own the, the dealerships um, the electric car will last far longer than your diesel what goes wrong with your, your internal combustion engine the clutch the exhaust pipe, uh, the so, timing belt. Well, in yeah. the order of 6,000 separate components um, yeah. in, into a modern diesel car, uh, if consider all those potential points of failure. You know, all the oily rag bits from yesteryear. Uh, electrics just don't have that. They, they simply don't have that. So they will last longer and be bought less frequently. I wonder. You know, I, I, I once thought that about mobile phones in my innocence. <laughs> I thought once you have one, you have one. Um, and the notion that somebody would spend a grand on a phone seemed ludicrous. And nowadays, of course, it's just baked into our world. A couple of things. Uh, When are we going to get affordable EVs with the proper range? For work reasons, I can't have a car that doesn't do at least 700 kilometres. Almost there. Almost Almost there. What have you got in your MG4? Well, we've an MG4. Now, now, you charge that to 80%, you get about 380 kilometres. So that's not quite the long range car yet. Now it's perfect for the city and it's, it's you know, the other car in the house is a diesel so we can cover both and we pay for it at the moment around about seven cent per kilometre when you net it out and actually we could do even better if we had better electricity. Diesel equivalent, really frugal modern diesel would be about 10 cent per kilometre. So we're saving a few bob on that but it, but it's more the quality of the change. I mean, whether you, you know, your, your old Nokia might have been as cheap as your iPhone but the iPhone's yeah. a different world. It's the um, quality. The, the cheaper cars are coming. There's no question about no it. And question, the Chinese yeah. may be uh, leading the charge because this texter said it's only rich people who can afford 40 or 50 grand for a giant electric SUV to drive up and down the road. What are ordinary working people to do? That's from Bertie. Well, I tell you, I dislike the giant electric SUV. I think if, you know, car manufacturers spending lots of money on EVs, but they're cynical too. They're making and selling cars that are too bloody big. The SUV trend is a bad trend. But small uh, frugal electrics are definitely coming with the sort of range that's needed. Okay, and uh, finally, um, the idea from Michael Healy Ray and his colleagues that people (laughs) who cannot get a test, he said in uh, parts of Kerry, 45-week delay in getting a driving test, let them off. Uh, Really poor idea, dreadful idea. We're not going to do it, thankfully. Um, It was done once before, famously, Sylvester Barrett in 1979. Maybe 40,000 people who had been waiting too long for a driving test were given licences for free. It was ridiculous then. What he wants is that people should be able to drive once they've done their 12 lessons uh, with a driving instructor um, and they can't get a test and they need to get to college or to work or whatever and they need a car in rural Ireland and they don't have a co-driver, let them off. Uh, I I profoundly disagree. I think the fix to the problem is to shorten the driving test waiting list. Incidentally, while that 45 weeks example is true, it's the exception rather than the rule. I know that's the average, but for people who need driving tests urgently because of cancellations, etc., there are lots of free slots. If you're in the queue and you're in earnest, contact the RSA. You will find them helpful. You will get your test. You've only to pass it once. Also within that, there's loads of people who aren't bothered quite happy to put it in the long finger book a test and not turn up Um, the solution is not to make life easier for those people to carry on the solution is to fix the test delays and certainly not to relax road safety laws they're important laws Conor Faulkner Transport Consultant and CEO of the RIAC thank you very much we'll have news next The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.